Friends, welcome to the Slaking Thirst podcast, where you'll find the homilies, talks, and reflections of Father Ryan Mann and Father Patrick Schultz of the Diocese of Cleveland. Slaking Thirst is all about bringing the thirst deep within our hearts for love and communion to the heart of Christ, which is also a divine heart, seeking our love and communion in return. The hope is that the two thirsts will meet and both thirsts will be slaked. Thanks for joining us on the journey into Christ's desire for us. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. After Jesus had revealed himself to his disciples and eaten breakfast with them, he said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Simon Peter answered him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my lambs. He then said to Simon Peter a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Simon Peter answered him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Tend my sheep. He said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was distressed that he had said to him a third time, Do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my sheep. Amen, amen, I say to you, when you were younger, you used to dress yourself and go where you wanted. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. He said this signifying by what kind of death he would glorify God. And when he had said this, he said to him, Follow me. The Gospel of the Lord. It's just so great to be back in my home parish. I always love coming back to say Mass, and to say Mass today is really, really kind of special. So, thanks for being here. (laughs) So like I said at the beginning of Mass, there's some awesome convergences, right, going on. My priestly anniversary, Father Scott, when was your anniversary? May 17th. Okay, so the month of May, some great anniversaries, and Nick's First Communion. So, so cool. So there's this, there is a tight connection, right, between uh, priesthood and Eucharist, that priesthood exists for the sake of the Eucharist. And without the Eucharist, or without the priesthood, there would be no Eucharist. I was just really struck reading that gospel again, just the commission from Jesus to Simon, to his apostles, to, to his successors, again and again, is feed the sheep feed the sheep, right? That tight connection between priesthood and Eucharist. There are places in the world where, um, where they don't have priests, whether because of vocation shortages or whether because of persecution. And what the faithful do is they'll gather together in old abandoned churches and they'll bring the missal and they'll pray together the prayers of the Mass. They'll go through the whole Mass, the readings, the prayers of the Mass, and someone will read the Eucharistic prayer. But when they get to the words of institution, the take this, all of you, and eat of it, there's just a deafening silence. And they just leave it in that dead silence because without priests, without a priest, there's no Eucharist. So this is, like I said, the Mass I'm celebrating is the vote of Mass for um, a priest on his anniversary. And uh, the prayers you might hear, like the prayers have a a sort of self-referential character to them, but don't think for a moment that this is, this is a mass about Father Patrick, because it's not. Like, I never wanted to be a priest when I was a little boy. I wanted to be a Power Ranger. 
Um, I had no grandiose dreams as a little kid of, of being a priest. This is like, this is a work of grace. This is a work of the Holy Spirit. When I met Jesus here in this church, I was 15 years old, met Jesus, and he just changed my life. So the fact that I'm a priest has nothing to do with me. It's, it's the Lord, right? It's the Lord. It's totally the Lord. It's an amazing work of grace, you know? So one of the things I was thinking about that I think is extraordinarily uh, cool, let's just say, is that when I was thinking about this Mass, and I was preparing, Nick, for your first communion here, I was thinking that while I knew of your dad um, the day that I was ordained, so back in 2016, I knew of Matt Jordan. I didn't really know any of the rest of you. Like, I didn't know that you existed, but the Lord knew that on the day that I was ordained, when I laid down on the marble, the Lord knew that I would be here five years later on the same day celebrating my anniversary to give you Eucharist, right? Which I think is so extraordinary. So three years to the day... After I was ordained, uh, I was over at Matt and Jen's house. They had a party called Priestapalooza, okay? It's a great party. I, I, I think that more people should have Priestapaloozas, okay? <laughs> so at Priestapalooza, Father Scott was there. Father Andy Turner was there, who's also from St. Mary's. Um, and, uh, and I was there. And uh, it, was, it was a great time. It was the first time I got to meet the Jordan clan. And uh, that was three years to the day after I was ordained. And so I... That's when I met Nick for the first time. And this is how my memory goes of meeting Nick. So we're at the big, long kitchen, or the, the dining room table. I'm at one far end. And at some point, Nick, you came over. You're six years old. You had your mom's phone or your dad's phone, someone's phone. Not a surprise. Uh, and you were showing me pictures on the phone, okay? So this is how this goes. I'm sitting next to Nick. He's sitting next to me. And he's showing me pictures. And I'm kind of leaning back on a chair, okay? And all of a sudden there's this crack, which is not a noise you're expecting to hear, right, at a dining room table. Everyone's heads go, right, whip over, look at me. And what had happened was, uh, turns out that they had seated good old Father Patrick on, quite honestly, the feeblest of antique family heirloom folding chairs that, quite honestly, didn't stand a chance, okay? And... Uh, you know, everyone's laughing. I'm trying not to cry. And, uh, it's, you know, I'm thinking, this is a heck of a way to make a first impression, right? So, okay, so two years after that, two years to the day after that is today. Okay, so May 21st, two years after that is today, after the great chair smashing of 2019. Here we are. I'm glad that that chair is hefty. Um, Still trying to not break chairs. All right, so, and I get to be back here at my home parish to give Jesus to you, Nick, for the first time. We have an amazing God. We have an amazing God who just sees these, who plans out these connections that, man, we just can't even, uh, his providence is so great. So, Nick, I know you are so excited for this day. I know your parents are so excited. I know your siblings are so excited. I'm so excited, but the person who's most excited is Jesus. It's Jesus who's most excited because just like you, Jesus has been counting down these days and he's thrilled. All the angels, all the saints are packing into this parish to witness what's about to happen because they're going to witness something that they can't participate in, only think about. They can't receive God into themselves. They can't partake in Holy Communion. All right, so since this day is this convergence of priesthood and, and Eucharist, First Communion, I want to reflect on something that happened at my ordination that, uh, and, and just kind of 
talk about how I think it has a lot to do with today. So during the ordination rite, after you have uh, had the bishop's hands laid upon your head as a, as, a, as a deacon, after you've laid prostrate on the altar during the litany of saints, after the, after the prayer of ordination is prayed over you, after you've been vested in vestments for the first time, right? That's the other thing that struck me in that gospel. When you're a little kid, you get to dress yourself, but then when you get older, someone else dresses you. Father Damien was the one who put my vestments on in my ordination. Who vested, who vested you? Father Tim grew up, yeah. You grow up and someone else dresses you, right? It's just wild. Anyway, all right. So after all of that happens, after all that happens, you're vested, you are a priest now. You kneel in front of the bishop, and the bishop is holding in his hands a paten, so the gold dish, holding in it unconsecrated hosts, and he's holding a chalice with unconsecrated wine. You kneel before him, and he places these items in your hands as he says to you, receive the oblation of the holy people to be offered to God. And he continues, he says, understand what you do, imitate what you celebrate, and conform your life to the mystery of the Lord's cross. Like the priest's life is to be enfolded around the central mystery of Christ crucified, Christ on the cross, to be conformed to the self-giving, self-emptying, self-surrendering love of Jesus. And that's what got placed in my hands on the day of my ordination, Nick, and this morning, I'm going to place that same mystery into your hands for the very first time, right? Like you have never touched Jesus, but you're going to touch him today. You've never held Jesus, but you're going to hold him today. You've never had union with him, but you're going to have union with him today. As we know, the Eucharist isn't, it's not a what, it's a who, right? It's a person. It's a person. And more specifically, it's, it's Jesus as given, as poured out. It's emptied out. It's Jesus as a gift to us. That's what the Eucharist is. It's not an inert thing. There's a dynamism in it. And when we approach and we give our amen, that amen is like, I consent also to be grafted onto this self-emptying, self-surrendering kind of love. That's what our amen is. It's cruciform. The Eucharist is the cruciform love of Jesus. And I just think it's so important for us. I mean, this, this is Nick's first communion. This is maybe some of our 5,000th communion, 10,000th communion. But we have to remember that that's what we are amening to. That's what we are saying yes to, to that, to that. That's what you consume. And why does that matter? <laughs> Because I'm going to be saying, essentially, I'm saying to you, Nick, the same thing that the bishop said to me. Conform your life to the mystery of the Lord's cross. Conform your life there. You're being given today a new power that you've never had before. You're being given a new way, a new power to live the kind of life that God intends for you to live, right? Remember how St. Paul says, he's describing love. He says love is patient, love is kind. He says love does not... Envy, it doesn't boast, it's not proud or self-seeking, it's not easily angered, it does not count the misdeeds of others, it bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things, love never fails, right? And up to this point in your little life, right, you've been doing the best you can to do that, right, on your own though. You've had good days and bad days, 
but you're now going to receive a power to do that more perfectly. It's like you've been a toy without batteries in it. We're putting the batteries in the toy today to give you the power to be the kind of person that God needs you to be. And maybe 19 years from now, you'll be celebrating your anniversary or your ordination somewhere, right? And uh, you'll hear those words from the bishop said to you. Just very powerful. So I'm going to ask you, Nick, I'm going to ask you and encourage you to let Jesus empower you today to, sh to share more willingly, to forgive more quickly, to listen more readily, to, to love uh, and sacrifice more deeply. And for all of us, we are being conformed again and again to that cross, to that mystery. Amen.